<sighs> this team. Okay. You're listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. I feel like I fit I fit right in, you know what I'm saying, with my defense, my versatility, with me being able to play the five, me being able to play the four. Overall, playing hard and just my, my, my will to win will. No, that's a fact. That's a fact. We got yeah, a lot of young talent, um, a lot of guys that's wanting to be a great team. We all got the mentality to do it, so yeah, it's going to happen sooner than later. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. What is going on, everyone? You are listening to The Summit State of Mind, the podcast of Dream Shakes and Step Backs and everything Houston Rockets presented to you by the Apollo Podcast Network. I am your host, your commissioner, Kenny, and with me, as always, is my brother, my tag team partner, the GM, Justin. Follow all of us on Twitter at JP underscore Mirabueno, at Summit Commission, at Summit SOM Pod, and at Apollo NBA, and at Apollo HOU. GM, what was going to go down is probably one of the weirdest days in sports, Houston sports history, you know, with the Texans coming away with the W when they really did not need the W, they come away with the W and the Houston Rockets flirt with a W against the Timberwolves. But first and foremost, on a weird ass sports Sunday, how you doing tonight? Um, I'm good. We just saw the Rockets choke a lead, a possible victory. Um, we saw the Texans play uh, surprisingly well. Davis Mills decided to cook up a little bit of some Davis magic. The only time I'll ever talk about Texans. On the field. <laughs> on the you know, show. To take, say, screw you guys, Bryce Young will not be the number one pick. I am the, the quarterback of Houston. Uh, good for you, brother. Um, but, yeah, you know um, – it was a weird Sunday. It was a weird day. Uh, the Rockets took another L. That's seven in a row. Which is not really weird. And ninth at home, I think. I know, say, say it with, I mean, if even if you're not certain, you got to say it with confidence, man. Seventh straight loss there you and go. the ninth straight home loss. Is that better? I got to fact better, check right? it, but I wanted you to be confident going into it. Yeah. People, people, mean, don't, like, people don't like people that are uh, on the fence on stuff. You know, we are not, what's that, that Tom Sawyer, we're not Tom Sawyer, we're not on the fence here, pick your lane and stay Touché. on it, pick I'm your like, lane I'm and like stay Zach Ryder, I'm just trying to get over, <laughs> I'm just trying to get over, so. well, you know what, you know who's trying to get over the Houston Rockets, are just, God, they're really trying to get over at this point, look, mm-hmm. the Rockets, they lose again tonight, Look, the meat and potatoes of this episode, we want to harpen on kind of like the latest on Rockets news and notes. The last time we had recorded an episode was on last Tuesday. There's been a lot happening since then. Didn't I mean nothing official on in terms of what has been happening, but a lot of things in the rumor mills and on the hot stove in terms of conversation and water cooler talk because Steven Silas's days look to be numbered, which is going to be the meat and potatoes of this episode. But before we go into that, I do want to hearken back on the Houston Rockets tonight who seem to have come out with, you know, great balls of fire. Shout outs to Top Gun one time. They really jumped out. They jumped out to an 18 
point lead as far as the second quarter and look to really turn it on and really turn the game around and make sure that they put some respectability not just in coach Silas's name but also on the Houston Rockets who have severely struggled in these last few games but unfortunately that was not the case the Houston Rockets have done what they have been doing as of late the MO and that is just lose in clutch moments and choke away a big lead that they had they had an 18 point lead with about five and a half left to play in the second quarter they had a 20 point lead yeah and the t-wolves had wilted that lead down to four at the end of the first half and then they just get i mean they just got bullied i mean they got outscored 27 to 15 in the fourth quarter only 15 fourth quarter points gm the team drops to 10 and 30 officially 20 games under 500 my pants are fully on right now there are you know when i'm excited the pants are off but the pants are on right now it i don't even just have a belt i have like a it's constricted the zipper's up fully buttoned it's gonna stay up there until something major obviously happens but tonight 10 and 30 rockets lose to the t-wolves 96 to 104 how you feeling about that um i'm not surprised um based on the body language of the team you know they started out hot and then once that they started to slow things down put a little less effort i guess shangun wasn't most of the uh what is it the uh the hub for the offense uh things started to change we started to see a lot more selfishness in terms of offense we saw a lot of dribble dribble we saw a lot of indecisiveness from everybody on the team um Jalen Green and Jabari Smith cannot hit a shot at all I mean this you can't is buy a bucket in the ocean right fifth, now fifth sixth straight game Jalen Green is shot like under 35%. I think it's been really bad for Jalen. Uh, Kevin Porter Jr. had himself a solid game, though. But, I mean, the thing about that is that when a guy like Kevin Porter Jr., he shot 9 of 15 from the field, 5 of 9 from 3. Very, very good and efficient game in terms of uh, production for a Kevin Porter Jr. But when the man can't get any help from anybody, I mean, Al P didn't score any points in the second half. Yeah, he had 18 at the half, and yep. that was it. And that was it, right? Jabari Smith Jr. with nine points. Jalen Green with nine points. You know, Jay Sean Tate did not have himself a great game either. Uh, the only other guy that shot well from the field was KJ Martin, five of eight. I mean, yeah, Shangun was eight of fifteen in total, but it was mostly like the I'm talking about the pure totality of the game. You know, I mean, granted, KPJ uh, made that last second dunk in regulation for no reason. Um, Very unnecessary. I mean, you can say that, but I mean, did it really matter? But I don't know. There unwritten rules, blah 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 blah. Whatever the hell it is. Um, overall, it was just a bad showing again. Uh, Silas looks like he's lost the team. Like, and I mean, like, lost the team. Like, I feel like this man has no voice in the locker room. The kids run. They're they're running it, man. And it's just not a good look in terms of for the team nor the coach. And it's it's just gotten to a point where it seems like there's no want there. They don't play for each other. They play for themselves. And that is the difference between this team and some of the other younger teams that are performing well. You know, the Orlando Magic have 15 wins. Um and they look they look amazing 
you know. So it's a bummer that this is where we're at now, but it is what it is, you know. Like it is what it is at this point. Uh, the next game will put us at the half season mark. And if you told me after 40 games you'd only win 10 games, I would be like, man, that's a that's a little underwhelming. But at the end of the day, you know, like it, it is what it is. Yeah, this it's... team is who they are, and the struggles of Jalen Green are for his sophomore season. This is normal in terms of sophomore seasons at this juncture of you know these top. Uh, two guards so in unfortunately that is what's happening but hopefully greener pastures are ahead i'm not a fan of the fact that like look like i, I mean we've y'all have heard and listened to us enough to know that if we're gonna keep, keep talking about it and keep hearkening upon the same thing the rockets take another l how are ways Every show slash podcast slash radio network that covers anything Rockets related is going to bend backwards 10 ways to Sunday to explain to you how to improve this team. I'm so tired of trying to explain ways on how to improve this team. The fact of the matter is, is that the talent level, unfortunately, does not supersede the fact that this team is not playing for each other. Hence, culture where is where it begins and ends and it starts with the top picks from this year and last year Jalen Green Jabari Smith another horrific shooting night for both of them 8 of 27 combined 1 of 11 from 3 combined these two are struggling Jalen had a had a decent game last game I know he had a 30 point performance it was great it was fun a lot of empty stats now look guys we're in game 40 of the NBA season for this Rockets we're about halfway home through the season underwhelming doesn't even begin to show like how I feel about this team 10 and 30 is no is no excuse this team is better than 10 and 30 in my opinion and I've always believed that the talent level ha- is superior than the record, and I still believe it to this day. Where it begins and where it ends always is going to start with who is the the head or the tip of the spear, which is Coach Silas. Tonight was another prime example as to why this team is just not capable of competing against the top teams because of the fact that it's the culture that has been instilled into them. Jalen Green and Kevin Porter have tried to keep it positive, and they even came out with an article recently talking about uh, Stephen Silas's model of positivity and how it's great for the culture and it's great for the team. Yeah, it's great. You can have smiles on your face, but if you're losing first 40 games of the season and you only have 10 wins, there's absolutely positively zero excuses as to why you have Jabari Smith Jr., Jalen Green, Kevin Porter Jr., Alperin Shangoon, KJ Martin, a serviceable Eric Gordon, Jay Sean Tate, who just got back on the floor, a three-point shooter in Garrison Matthews, a Josh Christopher that's rotting on the bench, a Usman Garuba who's Usman Gruba, who's trying to do everything he can to help defensively. Tari Eason, who was a big surprise coming out of this draft. And you still only win 10 games? Like, there's just no excuse at this juncture. Like, yeah, where? The, when the do we start? Yeah. 
is nowhere to be seen. There's zero improvement. When are we going to start seeing it? And like, look, guys, if you watch this game or if you didn't watch this game, newsflash, the start of the, the, start of the third quarter, the start of the second half, they call a timeout 25 seconds into it just so Silas can dig into them. Kevin Porter was late coming out of the locker room, which caused a delay of game. Jalen Green missed another three. Jabari fouled on the other end. A horrific start. Like, when you are trying to turn the dam and turn the corner and improve and better yourself as a team, you got to come out and be willing to punch these guys in the mouth. And they did it at the start of the first half. They did it at the start of the game. But you know you see the game kind of slipping away from you. You have to be willing to fight back. 40 games into the season, GM, we've said it before. We said this at the beginning of the season. I don't care about games 5 through 10. I don't care about games 5 through 15. We knew what, the, what it was going to be. They were going to compete. They were going to try hard because nothing's better than a fresh new season. You know, greener pastures, roses are red, violets are blue. You know, it's all great and fun until you continue to lose. Oh, wow, I made a rhyme without even trying to create a rhyme. <laughs> that was fun. So it wasn't it didn't matter about games 5 through 15. What mattered to me was games you know 30, mm-hmm. 40, so on and so forth. And now we're seeing them slowly start to regress back to the way they played last year, which is mm-hmm. when you're playing more for empty stats and statistics more than playing for yourself. Now, which shifts into my next point that I do want to discuss. I want to jump into the meat potatoes of our episode, but before we do I want a dialogue on this. A, a lot of what's happening right now is, is, is surrounded by Alperin Shangun's starting spot. We both have our opinions on him right now. But I have to. I want to ask you a question in regards to Alperin Shangun. Look, he's the center of the team. The two most important positions, in my opinion, is the point guard and the center spot. That's just the way to. That's the way I feel in terms of positioning. If there's no superstar on the team, it's the point guard that can lead the offense on the charge and the center. That can help you on the defensive end, kind of anchor that, which I thought Jabari was going to be, but he has not been doing that as of late. What's been your opinion on Alperin Shangun's play? It's been up, it's been down, it's been middle. He's been getting PT, he's been getting no PT. So much wild stuff surrounding Alperin Shangun right now. But what's been your opinion so far of him? Um, the way that Alp has been playing, like he is looked at as somewhat of a, uh, I don't know what the word is, but stigma. Is that the word uh, where he's a little bit of what people would consider a l- controversial? Because there are a lot of opinions on uh, Alperin Shangun and whether or not he is a core piece of this team, whether in the future he could be that starting center, even though he is starting the starting center now. It's more so when this team is a winning team, will he still be that starting center? The thing is with him is that the more minutes he plays, it seems like the better he plays. The more he touches the ball, the better he plays, which is understood considering his skill set. The only issues here is that we have multiple guards that need to have the ball in their hands in order to make things go well and be these quote-unquote engines for this team. The thing I see with LP is that he can put the ball in the bucket yes the more minutes he plays he does play effectively better uh the only thing is that does it affect winning in the sense um i'm i dude i don't remember the last time i saw the rockets win it's been a while uh so i don't remember exactly um but i feel like that 
he's been very effective on the court. LP, uh, his defense has been very up and down. His lateral movement is a little slow. But he's able to stay in front of his guy, I would say, a good amount of the time. The question is, can he defend the rim? There are times that we've seen him. He had a chase down block tonight on Anthony Edwards. Um, he got a big block, but he couldn't recover because they got a layup again like after the offensive rebound. Um, no one talked about that. But with P, it's very hard to say in the complete form because defense is so crucial at that spot. And the way that KPJ thrives with a quote-unquote uh, rim runner like a Bruno Fernando. I mean, if we had a lot more athletic center, uh, if it wasn't LP, someone that can dunk at the rim, get you two and a half blocks a game, average seven and 11. Uh, I think that would this team be better? I'm not wholly certain in terms of the record, but you know, there'll probably be more opportunities in the offense. Um, I don't know whether he is running the offense the way that Silas wants him to run. When I mean him, I mean Shingun. But I know I'm rambling. But <laughs> yeah, no, I, I just look. I I said something earlier that is gonna maybe tick a lot of people off, and I apologize if it does tick a lot of people off. Well, on second second thought, no, I do not apologize because this is just look. This is just what I am seeing on my own two eyes and the way that I believe that it's been going down. I'm seeing a lot of similarities right now between Alperin Shangun and, dare I say, Christian Wood. Why? Because they're putting up stats. When Alpi plays and he plays well, he puts up stats. It's wonderful. It's great. It looks sexy. Alperin Shangun's game is very sexy, especially in today's NBA. A lot of people in today's NBA, the fandom appreciates a player like Alperin Shangun because he's so fucking gifted on the offensive end, that he can make plays, like single-handed plays with his eyes closed. But is it really truly moving the needle? Is it winning basketball? The answer straight up, look, the sample size says it enough. 10 and 30, the answer is no. And I doubt even if Silas gave him 30 to 35 minutes a game, it would turn any tide whatsoever. Why? Why, you may ask? Because the answer is right in front of y'all. Defense, defense, defense. He lacks the true mentality of a true big defender. An anchor on the floor that can communicate to the rest of the four guys to get them to the spots where they need to be to get the stops that they need so they can win games. Alperin Shangun puts up a lot of great stats. It's great. Very similar to Christian Wood last year. That's why... I'm not, at the end of the day, comparing the two, but I'm just saying that it's the way he's putting up these stats now, it's really starting to remind me a little bit of Christian Wood last year, where the stats look great, but you're just continuously losing, and you're not turning the tide in any way, shape, or form, which is a damn shame, because this team is more talented this year than they were last year. Oh, most definitely. And Alperin Shangun is not turning the needle enough and because at the end of the day he can drop 18 points but if he's the defender and he's giving up 30 points that's a minus 12 just by him alone 
So it doesn't matter about the stats that you put up. And I said this last year with Christian Wood. It doesn't matter about the stats you put up. What matters is the points that you give up on the other end. And he gives up a lot of points. That's more my issues with Alperin Shangun Lai. I mean, a lot of the guys give up a lot of points. No, they do. Team, yeah. But, well, let's go back to my initial thought. When there's no supers on the floor, what are the two most important positions, GM? What did I say? The one and the five. The one and the five. Why is the five important? Because the interior defense. Your interior you know? defense. What was, it? Was, set... it, was it Jabari supposed to help him out? Jabari was supposed to. He's supposed to. He's supposed to, but he can't guard all five. He, which he's pretty much doing. Touche. He's guarding the one. He car- he guards Steph Curry. He guards Jason Tatum. He guards, guards Rudy Gobert. He guards Luka Doncic. He guards everybody. <laughs> he can't cover. Um, unfortunately, guys, he's not Houdini. You're not going to get five Jabari Smiths on the court to cover all the spots. I'm not excusing Jabari, too, because he's been complete ass cheeks as of late. And I'm not even excusing him. He's my boy, and I love him. And he's going to continue to be my son. But I'm going to call it like I see it. My man's been ass cheeks as of late. But the whole point of what I'm trying to say is, is that Alperin Shangun defensively is not turning the needle, which in turn is causing us to lose games, which in turn is causing me to think now, okay, the stats are great, but at the end of the day, you're not turning the needle on offense or defense to win, which is not conducive to winning basketball, which is what I want to start seeing to a degree. Yeah. I yeah, don't I expect that. this team to be gangbusters, but I don't. I didn't expect them to be ten and to see thirty. Some form of improvement in terms of like give play me fifteen style. and twenty five. Yeah, yeah. 15, I'll take fifteen 25. and twenty five. That's the magic, right? That's, that's the, the magic. That's about the magic number where I want to be. Yeah. The fact that we're not getting fifteen and twenty five is very frustrating. It's not good, and it's it and it's gonna perfectly transition into our next topic. Yo, from everything that's been happening, from the culture to the construct of the team, to where this team has been, to where they are going. Everything has centered around one person, Steven Silas. We have been very patient with him, you and me both. A lot of people have been calling his number since last season. We were probably one of the last people going into the season that were very vocal on wanting to give him a chance, right? But now we yep. now we are in a different mindset now. We're 40 games into year three of the rebuild. GM, ultimately, what, in your opinion, do you think? And where do you think this is going to go? And what's going to happen with Steven Silas? Because it looks like the days are numbered. It looks like he's not going to be here much longer. What do you think and what have you heard? I mean, we all saw the what is it the john granado interview where he stated that um if it wasn't for you know bless his family and bless you know everyone that was involved in that the paul the death of paul silas uh they said what coach steven silas may not be here anymore um and you know say it with the chest he's not wrong say it with the chest might not be wrong there you know those are certainly there are certainly rumblings that have been um heard throughout the little grapevine you know and uh it's possibly true you know um but i would i would tell you this right now um i don't know if coach silas lasts the week as this as the coach uh with the way that this game was played 
honestly, I'm not sure. Oh, I'm, I'd be curious to see if they make a decision tomorrow or Tuesday. I mean, they have a they play two games in Sacramento yeah, Wednesday and, and Friday, the and then and they play yeah. in LA on Sunday at two, and then we play the Lakers. I think the next day. Yeah, we got a Wednesday and Friday game against the Kings. Uh, yeah. We got Clippers on Sunday and then mm-hmm. Lakers on Monday. So I feel like that yeah, we, got, we got some games. There's something the there. Trip. There's something there, you know, um, unless they decide to let him go after that trip. Uh, but, I mean, I feel like at this point in time, you can argue that continuity is the thing. But, I mean, he's been here for two and a half seasons as the head coach. That's continuity. Granted, they're all rookies. Well, not all rookies. Everyone's just relatively very young. Um, so you can look at both sides of the coin. But in my opinion, from the looks of it, it just seems like that Silas has lost the locker room. It looks as though these guys are very apathetic. They're sluggish on the court outside of the likes of, like, Tari Eason and uh, Jay Sean Tate recently since he's come back. Jabari Smith Jr. has put in some of the effort, but the body language we see of the likes of a Jalen Green and a Kevin Porter Jr., it's just not good. Uh, everything just seems to be super, I'm not going to say lethargic in the sense, but they're not playing cohesively. And because they're not playing cohesively, this, it leads to a lot of sloppy turnovers, sloppy passes, and the effort just is not there. And it just looks like Silas, he's just beating a dead horse with his coaching and it just seems like the sooner they part ways the better for the team for the players give the likes of john lucas a a try allow him to be the main voice allow him to be the hub let him see if he can get keep these players accountable and see what happens you know um but to me it just seems like the proof is in the pudding and it's over uh, in my opinion, I, I feel like it's over. Like Silas has got to go. Um, it's unfortunate. Um, but also, you know, some of the blame has to go onto management, a la Rafael Stone, uh, for the way that he has built this team. And their rumblings as well are saying that, you know, maybe this isn't Silas's game plan. This is a Stone game plan. I don't know about the fluidity of that information, but whether Steven Silas really believes in Kevin Porter Jr. being his point guard, but at the same time, when you read that, there's no one more vocally supportive of a Kevin Porter Jr. than Steven Silas. And the fact that he is so behind KPJ and he is given the reins in terms of leadership for this team to KPJ, whether or not he was ready for it. You know, I don't know if Kevin Porter Jr. was ready to be that kind of leader for this team, yeah, I don't but know. Steven Silas put that on Kevin Porter Jr. And since that is on Kevin Porter Jr., that is a Silas responsibility. So that's one of those things where it's just kind of like you really need to keep these guys in a line. These guys are young. They're they're young, they're wild, they're free. Wow, I did not anticipate yeah, well, you who was that? Was that, was that was that Bruno Mars? I don't remember who's saying that. But um No idea. That was no that's, clue. That's kind of like how I feel because they move freely, but they don't move in a free sense of like where yeah. it's cohesive. You know what I mean? They're just young bucks, you know, and it happens. It happens with these young teams without a superstar vet to kind of bring in the reins. Boban and EG being there is not nearly enough to help. 
No, it's not. It does. It's not turning. It. It's not turning any tides whatsoever by having them. Look, we've been very like supportive of Silas and what I said earlier before we opened up this conversation, and the GM made some very good points. I want to open up all of this by saying, when we went into this year, I cannot state enough that it was going to be a very crucial year for Steven Silas, but at the end of the day, I gave him I gave him a chance. I felt like we were going to fully see the game plan unfold. We were finally going to see him unleash the offense according to his will on what we saw, you know, in the Dallas days and stuff we like that. We all had our hopes. We all had our hopes, and, and I can count the amount of times on past episodes that we had said okay finally christian wood's gone you know we finally aren't catering to anybody we can finally start moving forward in the right direction so this team can finally succeed look at it now 40 games into the season 10 and 30 gm i want to tell you as well as all of our listeners something that is absolutely in sane and unfathomable the houston rockets since silas took over as the coach the silas era of rockets now granted we are rebuilding but it is still an insane statistic when you think about it after tonight's loss and dropping to 10 and 30 the rockets are officially 100 games under 500 since the silas takeover we are 47 and 147 how many losses did D'Antoni get in his whole career? In Houston? I don't know. It like, probably not. I mean, maybe a little even, bit more. Probably. I mean, probably slightly more than that. Oh, I don't know about that. Man. No, slightly. I must. Well, oh, we're talking about in total of losses. Yeah. Oh, actually, no, definitely less than that. I'm pretty actually, sure. Actually, no, 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 definitely less than that. But the amount of losses probably could equate to the amount of wins that the Rockets have had. Is that what you're trying to say? Possibly. I'm just yeah, saying, because like, that's where I think D'Antoni that was that like is. the coach for like what five, six years. Silas hasn't even coached three full seasons. Now, and he granted, had a season that but, was shortened in hey, twenty. We're not. This is an apples to apples. 2020, 2021. Yeah, but this is an apples to apples. He's not coaching James Harden, Patrick Beverly, Eric Gordon, Ryan Anderson. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I'm just. He's not I'm just coaching Chris Paul, James Harden. Yeah. Numbers aspect. It's just crazy to that, think about. Yeah. One hundred and forty-seven losses to forty-seven wins, which in a rebuild, disgusting. Yeah, it's disgusting. like in a rebuild, it's fine. Like you understand it, you know what it is. Like, think, y'all, if whoever's listening, please write this down on a piece of paper or put it down on your notes on your iPhone or if you have an Android. Write 47 147. And imagine that being your record. It is absolutely insane. This is the Silas era. This is what we've been dealing with. We knew what we we had going into it. We knew it was going to be tough. We knew we were going to go through some dark days some rough days but look this is where i have to start kind of turning my my ways of thinking you got kevin porter jr via trade you got jalen green and jabari smith with back-to-back picks you got operin shangun you got tari eason you got kj martin you got jay sean tate you got guys that know how to play some fucking basketball like, maybe their IQs aren't the highest, but you got some guys that can play some fucking basketball. These are hoopers. Yeah. We know this. Mm-hmm. So yeah, what true. does it go back down to? It goes back down to culture and how you operate. 
So on this day, officially, on January 8th, I am done. I've seen enough. I've seen enough, and a change needs to be made. I've seen enough. This is not the guy I want spearheading this team into the future. Can you can you quote Owen Hart on that? Ken? Yeah, enough is enough, and it's time for a goddamn change. Shouts to the Blackheart. There you go. I'm done. There you go. You can't fire. You can't <laughs> fire my brother and expect me to fall in line. Hell no. <laughs> I don't roll like that. But Steven, <laughs> look, Steven Silas. I, we've been. I, oh God, it's so frustrating because I've been so vocal and supportive of him. Like really, really have been. Like I've been very protective of him too. But it's you know, it's just at that point you're just you're done because you've seen enough and I've seen enough and I can go as far as to telling you that me and Justin like look we're not fronting like we're credentialed credentialed Houston Rockets members but we are in certain circles we know certain people stuff like that also based on the John Granado report there are rumblings it's being talked about so Justin's thought process and his thinking isn't far in fact, it's closer than y'all may think. Silas's days are numbered. I can, I'm like 95% certain Silas's days are numbered. Now, granted, with everything that's been happening as of late, this team, coupled with the fact that what Justin said, the team lost, they lost themselves. Like they lost faith in their coach. You can just, even, they can say it a thousand times, oh, we support our coach, we love our coach, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. They can say it in all the press conferences that they need to to try to protect it. But actions speak louder than words. And what I am seeing on the floor is a testament to how it's supposed to be ran. That's proof enough to show you how maybe the players really feel at that moment. Do you agree or do you disagree? No, I agree. Yeah. I agree with that. Because for what we are seeing from what we are attesting to, to what we are trying to figure out here is that we know that this is a rebuilding team. We're trying to shift it and get it better. Why is it in year three of the rebuild? I'm not, like I said earlier, I'm not expecting this team to be gangbusters, but why in the hell aren't we better than our record? Like, you know, why, why the hell are we playing yeah, can exactly you the same as last year? Ask the real questions, man. That's the real questions. Because it's bothering me. No, and, and and that's the and that's where my issues lie now. Because nothing bothers me more than a team with a lack of culture. I'm gonna shout out to Matt Thomas back in August when we had him on the show at Buff Brew. He said it himself. He wanted to see a culture shift at some point this season towards positive. We saw sprinkles. We saw moments when we maybe this could happen, but. It didn't have, but when the chips are down, half of the way through the season, this team is not capable. And I think definitely not. We're on pace to have the same record as last year. And it's just about and sixty-two. It's just about right? that time, GM. I think I'm. You know, it's just about the time we've seen enough. Yeah, I've I, I enough. agree. I agree. Um, I, I, you know, we, one of the few times you and me agree. Yeah, we're past the point of no return, man. It just seems like the team has lost. Uh, you know. They lost their collective heads and decided to all go their separate ways uh, in the way of what they think is right for the team. It's not going to work. They need a, a guiding hand. And unfortunately, uh, Steven Silas is not that guy. Um, obviously, I've been very conservative in how I speak about Coach Silas. But that's just natural about who I am. Um, 
I wanted to conserve and reserve judgment on him. But as time goes on, it's you've seen when you've seen enough, you've seen enough, man. And unfortunately, that's how it be. So I just read a report by Michael Shapiro or Michael Shapiro. And this isn't Silas related at all. But I found this quote to be very interesting. He said he spoke with Austin Rivers post game tonight because Austin Rivers played for the playing for the T Wolves. Said he had plenty of thoughts on Jalen Green and Kevin Porter in the Rockets rebuild. He's quoted as saying, "Someone needs to teach KPJ and Jalen how to play the right way." Dot dot dot. They need those vets. <laughs> He's probably talking about James Harden, huh? Cook, cook Austin Rivers. It's time to cook. Let's go. Get your chef's hat on because he's he's not telling lies here. Yeah. Vets are needed now more than ever. Mm-hmm. There's only so much losing someone can take before they get sick of it. There yeah, is you're no, not wrong. You're not wrong. There's, there, yeah. there's a lot of frustration going on with this team. There's just no viable way that you can come in and think that this team can just keep swallowing losses. Swallow 147 losses in two and a half seasons and think that that is okay and think that, you know, we're we're going to play well and we're going to get it together and we're finally going to start playing for each other. No. They need a culture shift. They need veterans that know how to, not just know how to play, but play the right way. Eric Gordon is a great talent, but it's that you're at that juncture of your career where it's just like, you know what, man, I've been with this team for so long. He's starting to go through the motions, and I get it, and I understand it. It's just like the equivalent of, like, you're not really happy at your job, but you kind of have to stay, so you're just kind of going through the motions. That's where Gordon's at. You need a fresh veteran that is highly respected in the league, but is also, newsflash, guys, pretty freaking good. You need someone like, I'm sorry to say it, James Harden. You need someone like, a Miles Turner. You need someone that can finally turn the needle. Like how Phoenix got Chris Paul. You need that. Give for me Fred this Van Vliet and I'm going to go hide. I I still don't understand this this thing you got with Van Vliet. I, I just, I mean, is he going to culture shift the whole team? I'm just, do you truly believe in your heart he's going to culture shift the whole team? My man's a vet. He, he can bring it. If him and Miles Turner were to decide to come to Houston. Oh, so both of them. Okay. Because you just, you're just telling me Fred Van Vliet. Because I, I, I don't believe there's any world where Harden, Harden comes or Harden and someone else comes or like a Miles Turner and someone else comes. I feel like it's I don't only going to be that, one that, of that them. That might be pushing it. But yeah, I feel like I do, one of I them can come. I do think that I do. I'm, I'm all in on the Miles Turner. Even if it has to push away Shingun and put him on the bench, then so be it. Scoot. I said that. Yeah. And give me I, give me Scoot Henderson. Get, get, yeah. Scoot at Henderson point. at the one. Jalen at the two. Miles Turner at the five. And let's freaking run the gauntlet let's next cook. year. Let's cook. Let's cook, baby. Let's go. So I want to know what y'all are thinking as well. You know, I'm I'm curious to know how far y'all are after hearing, you know, my thoughts, the GM's thoughts, as well as what it, the record is overall on Steven Silas's uh, tenure here, 47 and 147. Like I said, write that down on a piece of paper, type it up on your phone just so you could see it. It's a very daunting and it's a very unfortunate number. 
and it makes you feel really bad about this team, and it make you may make you feel really bad about yourself as well. <laughs> make you question. Yeah, but by no means, guys, we're not dragging Silas's name through the mud. Like by no means, he's a very respectable human being. I heard hands down, he's one of the nicest guys that's ever graced the hardwood of an NBA. Like the NBA, if the NBA is a fraternity then Steve Silas has to go down as one of the nicest guys in NBA history. Based on everything that we've heard, he's so respected. He's so loved. Not a bad thing to say about him. Not a bad thing at all, but maybe he's just the wrong coach at the wrong time. That's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Silas is just the wrong coach at the wrong time. Maybe... Maybe he's going to, you know, maybe he's a different, maybe he's going to, you know, go to another team and he's going to succeed. Maybe, oh my God, I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm going Houston Texans. Maybe he's Gary Kubiak. Maybe he needs to just go to another team and he'll succeed. Maybe he'll just go to another team where it's already established. And that's fine. I think that's totally That's what I'm okay. saying. Like, people I'm not hold on, on him to as him. a coach. People want to hold on him. And then if he succeeds elsewhere, it's like, in your face, no. I was right. Hell no, no. Every situation is independent of the other. So just because he can succeed and possibly even win a title somewhere else has nothing to do with what he did here. And, you know, it's vice versa. You know, even if he does suck here, uh, you know, and he sucks elsewhere... That's, you know, maybe that is him. But if he were to win elsewhere, that is not an indictment on the Rockets letting him go when he had to. Because unfortunately, what occurs is coaches lose their voice. Like, even the Showtime Lakers with Pat Riley at the helm, he lost them. He lost them at the end because he overpracticed them. Magic got hurt. And then they realize like we're not going to listen to this guy anymore. It's like you just tune it out, and that happens. And that's Pat Riley. Yeah, one of the greatest res- coaches in NBA yeah, history. One of the most respected coaches ever. You know, so I mean, granted, like at the end of the day, this stuff happens. So you just can't, not the right coach. Yeah, it just he's just not the right coach. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's not. It's just not the right time. Sorry. So, what's going to happen now is that he just he's just going to have to go and. I think that he will eventually find a job elsewhere. I, I truly probably a better opportunity. Yeah, someone with a point guard that is has more heliocentric uh, types of talent in terms of takeover ability. Like he loved having Luca and what he tries to incorporate with Kevin Porter Jr. But I don't know. But that's just me. Yeah, no, I I agree with you 100 percent in terms of what you're saying in regards to Steven Silas and succeeding on a different team and and I wish him well. I really really do. He's just not he's just not our guy. And it's not an indictment on his character. It's not an indictment on the way he is as a person. It's just the way that the team is constructed currently and you can put blame on Rafael Stone like the GM said. But the construct of the team unfortunately does not equate to the type of way that Silas coaches which in turn does not build a good and forward culture, which in turn continues to be the reason as to why you're losing these games. So, are we going to come back here as soon as any news pops up regarding a coaching change? Absolutely. We'll be one of, we'll, me and the GM will probably be the first that will go down <clears throat> through the shows or whatever to announce to drop these news. So, we'll be here with y'all when the news happens 
But GM, I don't want to end this episode on a negative note. Let's end it on a positive note. KJ Martin via Wojnowski. KJ Martin is going to be in the NBA dunk contest. He's going to try to cleanse the sins of last year. Therefore art that wherefore art thou Jalen Green, who was nowhere to be found last year in the dunk contest? KJ Martin's gonna attempt to wipe the slate clean, cleanse the sins of his brethren, and try to take home a for the first time ever in Rockets history, a dunk contest title, a dunk contest title that Kenny Smith chased, Ralph Sampson chased in eighty four, Steve Francis chased, Chase Buttinger is chased. Jalen Green is chased. Now, KJ Martin is going to chase a dunk contest title. How are you uh, feeling? I I just completely forgot that Chase Buttinger was a. Did you like that? Contest. I didn't even. I I didn't. I, I didn't totally even research for, this. That was the one in Denver, right? Yes, I didn't even I research that. this. I remember that. I remember that off dunk the, contest off the dome, baby. You we were don't even hoping know. for a, a, you know, a David versus Goliath type did of I, a comeback also, from yeah, Chase. Yeah, no, he he wore, he did a white man can't jump thing. Did I miss any Rockets dunkers? I think I got everybody. I even got Ralph Sampson. Yeah, you got Ralph Sampson. Who was in the 84 there. contest. Yeah, if he show was. Um, Ugh, I can't think. Yeah, I know Kenny said, Smith was in Kenny it. You said Kenny Smith, yeah. Steve um, Francis. Yeah, I think that's it. Chase really. Buttinger, Jalen Green. I think that's it. If, we're, it. if we are wrong, please uh, please tell us. I'm going to look it up right but, now while you talk. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm not sure what to expect from uh, KJ Martin. In my opinion, I think Shadon Sharp's going to win. But KJ Martin has a puncher's chance. Um, we've seen the way he dunks in-game. thing about him is that he he jumps from so far back. And he's, he's such a good in-game dunker. What I'm curious to see is KJ's creativity in terms of isolating and doing his own type of dunks. Because what we see a lot with KJ is just more so cuts, fast breaks, um, and that's typically it, really, in terms of the way he he dunks. We don't see a lot of like three sixties or windmills, like you know how we see Jalen gets creative occasionally on these fast break dunks. KJ just gets a lot of air, and I'm not complaining. It's just more so I'm not sure what to expect. KJ could be an in game dunker, just like a Sean Kemp was an in game dunker. But I'm just happy to have another rocket there. I'm bummed that Jalen Green isn't back in, but I get it. Maybe his agent thinks it's a bad business move because if he loses again, then that's really, really bad for his brand. I can see that. Uh, so, you know, I can give, see that too, give it to yeah. KJ, and then maybe Jalen will be there and be the guy who will be uh, dishing out a pass if they have it with a teammate. I feel like it'd probably be Jalen. Um, or maybe even LP. Incorporate LP. Why not, right? But well, KJ's known for blocking and dunking on all the big men. Yeah. It only it's only fair that he only he dunks on the one big man he hasn't dunked on yet, which is yeah, Alfred Yeah, Shea. yeah, that'd be crazy, right? But I mean, overall, I'm just excited to see a Houston Rocket in the dunk contest. It's gonna be a good watch. Uh it's gonna be very entertaining. We'll see what happens, man. Um, I don't know. Uh, well, I think it's still shade on sharps to lose. Absolutely, I agree. Shade on sharp. I agree. Is a, is a I agree. Beast of a I agree that it's shade on sharp. Like uh, I don't think KJ's a favorite here. No, definitely not. Not in the way. Not the win. same way that Jalen was a favorite last year. If there's any hardware that's gonna come to Houston, it better be KJ Martin in the dunk contest. If there's any hardware that the that 
a Houston sports team not named the Astros is ever going to bring to the city of Houston. Fucking bring me the dunk title, man. We've never got a dunk contest championship. I was correct, by the way. Those are the only uh, Rockets dunkers that have entered in an NBA dunk contest. Francis entered multiple times. Um, Same as Kenny. Kenny Smith entered multiple times. Well, he entered also as a Sacramento King. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. But bottom line here is is that in the silver lining of a gosh-awful season so far, I would love to see KJ Martin bring an NBA dunk contest the first time ever in Rockets history to the city of Houston. I mean, we've already had a three-point shootout champion in Eric Gordon. We got Patrick Beverly bringing home the Skills Challenge trophy. I want... Well, I forgot about that. Give me the holy triumvirate. Get KJ Martin to bring the dunk contest title back to the city. You know, you know, not even back. You know, you know, you know who needs to participate in the three-point shootout, though? Oh, my God. Don't say it. I already know who you're going to say. Don't say it. Jabari Smith. Oh, I thought Jr. you were gonna say. Uh, I thought you were gonna say Usman Garuba. What? What? I what world know. are you living in? I Ken? don't know. You were talking. You were talking about how he was feeling. My Usi. guy. My guy. My guy wants to go Usi, but uh, I didn't go Usi. I just. I just want to see Jabari, but he's not shooting well enough. That wasn't very Usi of me to to say that. Absolutely. Not. I wasn't feeling very Usi at the moment. Jabari Smith is struggling. He should not be in the. Yeah, dunk I think. Right I think now. if any not rocket were, if, if, if any rocket were to be in three point shootout. It'd probably be Kevin Porter Jr., which I'd love to see, but I just don't know how well he'd shoot I don't off think rack. He'd, I don't think he'd be a I good mean, three-point shooter. I agree. Off I rack, agree. Yeah. The the guy who has the picture perfect, uh, Garrison. No, I think Garrison J- Matthews J- Jabari would do well. because of his set shot. It's set. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. And it's perfect. Like just for that type of like, you saw guys like Eric Gordon succeed because of his set shot. It's effortless. James Harden. Did it, but James Harden likes to step into rhythm for his threes, so that wasn't going to work. Should we do a uh, dunk contest watch party? Uh, we, hey. won't, we, won't, we, won't, we won't be here. Oh, damn. Yeah, we, <laughs> we will be at a uh, bachelor party. Yeah, we're going to be in New York. F my life. Well, we'll yeah. be cheering for. We'll be cheering in New York. <laughs> yeah, we will. Yeah, we will. We'll be cheering in New York. Okay, so let's go ahead and end this episode here. Look. Guys, as soon as any news drops, whether it's coaching changes, trades, um, anything major that comes through the Rockets pipelines, we're going to take you every step of the way. Um, We wanted to release an episode uh, later in the week last week, but some stuff came up. We weren't able to do it, so we do apologize for that, but... There's been a lot of stuff happening in regards to the Houston Rockets, not just the losses, but if you read in between the lines, there's been a lot happening in regards to Silas, uh, Alperin Shangoon. There's just been a lot of stuff happening. Jabari Smith, um, Jalen Green struggling, Kevin Porter Jr. trying to do everything he can. There's been so much happening, but stick with us. You know, we're going to be dropping news as soon as we get it. We're going to be recording as soon as we get any news that drops whatsoever. But that's going to go ahead and end this episode, episode 144, officially in the can. GM, end the episode as you end every episode. Give the people what they want. Give the people what they want. Are they prepared to be and given end. what they want? Yeah, do it. Okay, well, follow me on Twitter. What? At JP underscore Mirabueno. What? Follow the podcast. What? On Twitter and TikTok. What? At Summit, S-O-M. P-O-D. What? Follow us on Instagram. What? At Summit State of Mind underscore P 
pod what follow the team the fam the homies all of them at apollo nba and at apollo h o u why did you have to kill it at the end where i couldn't say what anymore did you change uh, your cadence to where i couldn't do it maybe maybe i don't know i wasn't even thinking about it i was just kind of rolling through you smart son rolling bitch. through man all right well <laughs> very well done as always follow me as well on twitter at summit commish uh continue to listen to every all the great shows and podcasts that are on the apollo podcast network go check out beyond the dime and the crown jewel of astros podcasts uh lima and des continue to kill it as the astros push forward towards a back-to-back title dear god follow uh dear god follow off the gridiron who has not actually they've you know it's been tough they've been really really busy as of late so they have not been able to produce any new episodes but there's still a great listen a first listen to any texans content and the season's over so the there'll be a over. lot more stuff to talk about there's now. gonna be a lot more stuff to talk about now with the texans landing the number two overall pick and i'm sure they're gonna have a lot to say in regards to that that's a uh, little bro taylor and noah be sure to give them a listen if you like movies give a listen to the one take podcast uh starring our homie dex as well as some other fantastic hosts that come in there and kill it with their reviews um if you are on apollo's tiktok go check out bargain bin they are continuing to kill it in terms of their games there's so much in store that they have for y'all for the new year Apollo NBA has some stuff in the works for y'all. We're excited to get that out to the world so y'all can see it via TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. Continue to follow all the content creators in Apollo, and we promise y'all you will never get bored. We will continue to push out and pump out the best content in the entire city of Houston. So let's go ahead and wrap this show up in a bow, and they're giving us the go-home cue to go home here. And at the end of every episode from myself and the GM, go Apollo, go Summit, and by God, for all that is good and holy, go Rockets. The Summit for, 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 for life.